New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And good morning, dear ones. Rev Riz with you over here. Rev B over here, also known as Barbara Jean. And this is Ministers Talking Shit. Happens every Friday morning at 7 a.m. Uh, my normal co-host, Reverend Elzia, is off gallivanting um, somewhere in Florida and uh, safe from all the hurricanes. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but I am excited because um, it feels like, you know, we've never met. We've never been in the same physical space that I'm aware of. And it feels like over the past couple of years, you've become a really good friend. And all the various conversations we've had and the ways we've interacted, it just feels like, wow, um, you're one of, you know, one of those siblings from another parent, as it were. And, and, uh, and I love that you're here. So uh, Reverend Barbara Jean is the Senior Minister of Centers for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Toronto, Canada. And uh, no, she did not move there from America. <laughs> Born and raised in Canada. Born and raised, born and raised. I agree. I feel like we're family. It's and I can't wait. We're gonna meet. We're gonna meet in 2024, and I'm really excited about that. Yes. Uh, to be in the same space, to be able to share a hug, to uh, have a meal together <laughs> without yes. a screen in between. Like, I'm really, really excited about. It. And it's amazing the depth of relationships that have been created over Zoom. I mean, COVID's done some interesting things for us in that regard. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, um, yeah, I just realized that I, there's a part of me that's like, no, I want to get up to where you are before we have to go all the way halfway across the planet to connect. Because, <laughs> Come um, for a visit. <laughs> um, I think I might just have to do that. Just get the car. I think you should. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. Uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful country here. The interesting thing about Toronto is that although it is the biggest city in Canada, the most heavily populated city in Canada, uh, it is also the most lush green city you ever want to enter. Mm. Uh, can't chop down trees here. Really? I didn't know it's that. Law. Doesn't matter if it's on your property. Unless your tree is dying, you cannot get permission to remove it. And if you do, you can be fined huge. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How's that for big city thinking? <laughs> that, 
that, that is not big city thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite remarkable. The trees are stunningly beautiful and pretty every, everywhere you look in this city, uh, there's lots of park space and it really is a beautiful, beautiful city. Wow. That's, uh, now I want to come visit even more. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to stay with us. You know, I'll give up my room and take up the couch. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> I'll take the couch. <laughs> You'll take the couch. All I'll right. Well, you got it. <laughs> it's Perfect. not half bad. <laughs> Hey, folks, if you wonder what you're stumbling into here this morning, uh, this is that program where we get to talk about anything we want to talk about. And before we go too long, um, there's a couple other things I do want to talk about, and that is just to give the big shout out. Uh, Reverend Barbara Jean is with us a couple of times throughout the week. She'll be on air later today with Just One You, also known as The Joy Show. Uh, that happens at one o'clock mountain time. And her other program is she co-hosts a program with a friend, Cheryl Rogers named Spirit Cafe. That happens on Wednesdays at two o'clock mountain time. So um, so here's a question we didn't prepare for. And, I, and it just kind of jumped in my head. Um, what what was it that attracted you to New Thought Media Network? What what if do you remember what was it that made you say, wow, I need to know more about what's happening here? Huh, that's a that's a really good question. You know, it's it's interesting. When I studied uh, journalism years ago, uh, my intention was to be on air, to you know be, uh, you know, a news reader or whatever. But I had that, and then once I graduated, because I'd found this teaching, it became very quickly obvious that I could not focus my energy on all the bad stuff that that wouldn't work for me. So I'm trying to remember even how I found you. I'm not even exactly sure. But the minute I saw New Thought Media Network and saw what was going on here, I just got so excited. And every time, I mean, anytime you say, hey, can somebody do this? I just sort of say yes. <laughs> Everything about it just lights me up. Like tomorrow morning, I'll be doing the science, mind, and spirit conversation. Yeah, so excited about that. And it's this idea of sharing these ideas on a bigger platform. So when I found New Thought Media, it was like, um, this is like finding a nugget of gold in the middle of your empty pocketbook or something. It just felt so right and just the perfect, the perfect um, vehicle for sharing productive, powerful, positive messaging that changes lives. Yeah. And so I will say yes to everything on here because <laughs> it means it means a lot to me that there is a place that is doing better than our typical news channels. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. That's casting a vision. That, mm -hmm. That's casting a vision for what we are becoming. And I appreciate yeah. that. And I love something you said in there that um, you, you went to journalism school and to mm -hmm. become a news reader. Um, yes, which is very different because I think people go to school today to become a news personality. 
Exactly. Um, and that might be part of what, the, what our problem is, folks, anymore um, with the news. You know, in the pregame show, as it were, we were talking about um, did Hurricane Lee impact the United States at all? And now, if you've lost track of this story, I, folks, we completely understand because it was so like the day before yesterday. But Hurricane Lee never actually made landfall in the United States. It impacted the weather in New England states a little bit, but it ended up impacting and making landfall in Nova Scotia, which of course means that nobody here in the U.S. actually heard about that. And, <laughs> and it didn't do much in Nova Scotia either. Like <laughs> Hurricane Lee was a total non-event. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another Saturday storm, right? Or something exactly. to that effect. And And it got us talking to this, propensity of mainstream media to just awfulize everything. And we spent here in the U.S., we spent a good week, every weather forecast, every station, every, it's every newscast spent 10 minutes on get prepared and stock up and here it comes and here's where it's going to go and here's where it could go. And, and, all we did was speculate. Yes. And and the yeah. truth is, like, some of the very earliest models of this storm, don't get me wrong, folks, I love computer, computer weather. I love the fact that we can pinpoint when I can go out on my bicycle and get wet in the rain and when I can go out and it's not going to get me wet. But <laughs> the earliest models showed this storm staying out to sea, turning north, never really impacting the East Coast. But we had to spend, our media had to spend five days telling everybody in Florida and, and the Carolinas and Georgia to get ready. Um, and I think, you know, what, what I find a little bit frustrating is that we've got 24-hour news cycles and they have to fill that space. Yeah. So instead of reporting news, they're creating news and the news they're creating is actually uh, taking the consciousness of the American people, Canadian people, whoever, and just absolutely throwing everyone or many people into a plate, place of fear. And we know that a consciousness of fear is a very low energy and it causes more harm than it does anything else. And the other thing about a 24-hour news cycle is they keep repeating the same stories over and over again. And of course, our mind does not differentiate that if we hear something over and over again, it begins to imprint. You know, if you hear about one murder and you hear it a thousand times, you think, oh my God, I can't even go out of my house because everybody's getting murdered. Well, they're not. It's like a one-off in maybe a city of 4 million people Right. That's not a lot. Um, so, we, you know, we, we look at how we sensationalize things. Um, I studied journalism, and one of the common phrases then and still now is, if it bleeds, it leads. Right. Yep. Now, I, see, here in the U.S., CNN was started in 1980. It means we've had the 20, and they're credited as, as beginning that 24-hour news cycle. Yep. And that means we've had 43 years. Most of my life, the vast majority of my life has been underneath this constant 
brainwashing, if you will. And uh, one of the big stories here today in the U.S. is that yesterday, Rupert Murdoch, uh, head of the Fox News Entertainment Network and every other thing that he's done, um, has announced that he's stepping down in the end of November. Uh, so just not even two months, just about two months away. And that one of his eldest sons, he's got four children. They're going to, you know, they're all equally partners, I guess. But one of his sons is is going to be the primary lead. And uh, and uh, that man has been serving as CEO for a couple of years and, and such. And it really struck me that how someone, and again, I'm a globalist. I, I want to get rid of borders, but somehow an Australian businessman launches a 24-hour news station in the U.S. in 1996. So he was 16 years, right? So they're not even 30 yet. And and it has impacted culture and society to such a huge degree. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, they are paying for their mistakes at this point. Right now, the current total is somewhere over $780 million that they've been fined um, for their lies uh, w- regarding the 2020 election here. Um, and I thought, man, I just I want to be the new 1%. I just want 1% of what they're paying in fines. <laughs> To help move this network forward. Absolutely. Right. To help move this idea forward because we're not here to push a specific quote religion. We're not here to push this to to lie to you and push in a a conservative or liberal agenda. I think, you know, from the very beginning, we've always been here to try to say, hey, let's figure out how we do this together, how we make this work so that it works for everybody rather than just uh, rather than just me because I'm the one that had the idea. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that I find most attractive about this network is the way that um everybody matters. Like it it's like every everybody's a part of this this bigger idea and everybody has a voice at the table which I think is brilliant. And if news uh, if news stations began to uh, report on everything that's happening, you know, began to just give fact. Like when I was trained as a journalist, which was a long time ago, it was like who, what, where, when, why. It wasn't the what ifs, the maybes, the whens, and there wasn't there wasn't a, a twenty four hour news. I think it was just beginning with CNN at that point, uh, because I do remember watching Desert Storm on CNN. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the first time that war sort of landed in our living rooms. Right. Um, so that was, you know, that was pretty remarkable. And then of course, 9-11 became the uh, man, like every everywhere we turned, it was just seeing that those crashing planes into the towers over and over and over and over and over again. And I remember my grandchildren, who at the time were like, I don't know, five years old or three and five, something like that. And their dad was watching it nonstop. And I said to my daughter, I said, shut the TV off. These these children are being imprinted with this message. Yes, it happened, but let's not replay it 
you know, thousands of times, it, there has to be a way of sort of separating from that idea that all the world is bad and coming back to a place of going, you know, there's bad things that happen, yeah. but it is not the norm. Yeah. Yep. I, this is, uh, we didn't set this up ahead of time, folks. So I love how spirit works because this has become a pet peeve of mine. Um, I was fresh out of high school on 9-11. Um, I actually partied a little too hard at my uncle's house the night before and slept on his couch and woke up to him shouting, turn on the TV. Um, and um, we are now at a point. So I have my own traumas around what I experienced mm -hmm. that day. And mm -hmm. I actually saw that very, very early clip where you can see the capsule spin off to the left. And then they never showed that clip again. They always, for the rest of the day, they cut that clip short before you could actually see, oh, that was the capsule. <laughs> they didn't make it, right? They wanted us to believe maybe they could have made it for a while. And, yeah. um, and now we're 20 some odd years later. So I absolutely agree with never forget. I agree I, too, absolutely. But I don't think we need to flood our news feeds with pictures that are 20 some odd years old of planes exploding into the side of buildings. And I've started that campaign myself where I was surprised this year. I only saw about four or five people mm -hmm. those pictures, but I've made it now. Part of me is just, I leave a nice little note that says I'm all in favor of never forget. And can we please stop re-traumatizing people every yeah. year on this day? Let's turn yeah. turn it in. It's a holiday already, pretty much. Let's turn it into a Remembrance Day. Build the memorials. Let people go to the memorials. Let people show pictures of the memorials. Show pictures of the Freedom Tower. Show pictures of whatever. But let's stop re-traumatizing re an entire generation of people with that with those horrific pictures every single year. And yeah. The further we get away, the more it lessens, but, but it was still there. And there were still three or four people. And I even got into a little bit of a verbal pushing match with another new thought minister who thought that, no, we've got to keep that fresh in our memory. We you're like, that's what never forget means. It's like, and no, we're here to create that's, a different world. <laughs> that's where we move from oneness to separation, right? Like when we're focusing on an event like that, we're focusing on who is bad and wrong, who caused it, right? We're placing blame. Uh, and in that placing of blame, we're expanding division and creating division is not what heals our world. It is what keeps it in its current state of disrepair. Mm. What we need to do is look at that and go, okay, now what? How do I bring love into each moment? How do I recognize our oneness when I don't understand another philosophy or another religion? Am I willing to sit with somebody and hear their story? Right. And whether I agree or disagree, can I start to do things that, that bridge the gaps rather than causing greater separation? And uh, you know what you're saying is, 
you know, it's time to bridge, not continue to separate. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, <laughs> and I love, right. That's a vision. And there's a part of me that says, oh my gosh, I just so want to see that in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, but I want to see it sooner than that. <laughs> you know what? And I, th I did a, yesterday was the international day of peace. Yes. And uh, so I did an event last night um, with my community, um, just focusing on the idea of peace, of weaving music and, and poetry and prayer and meditation together and uh, creating a reminder that peace is not something that happens out there when the world gets better. Peace is something that happens inside of me when I choose it, even in difficult situations even in times when somebody might yell at me or whatever, can I maintain my peace knowing that who I am is enough, that I am sufficient to whatever's happening around me? And I think that idea of creating peace, you know, we teach here consciousness creates, and yet there are times when the conversation on the listserv gets really human. And, and I love that too, because we're all of it. We're, we're the mess and we're the mystic. We're, you know, we're finding ways to bridge our humanity and spirituality, which obviously are one, but we have to kind of bridge them because we feel like that this isn't that, right? Like yeah. if I'm angry, now I'm not spiritual. Well, I'm always spiritual. doesn't matter what mess I'm in. <laughs> I'm still spiritual. And if I remember that, then I can pull myself out of the muck and create a new a new experience but i think we there's a lot of uh i think there's a lot of spiritual bypass that goes on that somehow i disown or discount my humanity um yeah and pretend there's a lot of pretense sometimes uh in people and and we all do it we all wear our masks and uh, we want to show up in a way that makes us nice and shiny and sweet and, you know, everybody likes us, but everybody doesn't like us and we need to get okay with that. Yeah. I, and I so agree, right? There is such a thing as righteous anger. Um, Absolutely. There needs to be. And um, I don't, have you, uh, have you caught uh, the chosen, the, the program? No. Um, folks, if you don't know, um, uh, the chosen TV, I think is what it is. Um, and it's a modern day dramatization of the life of Jesus. Oh, cool. Or at least his ministry. Yeah. And there's three seasons out so far. And this is one of the very few productions that received an exemption from the, uh, writer's strike, mostly because, the production has absolutely nothing to do with mainstream Hollywood and, uh, and it's all crowdfunded and it was crowdsourced and it's all this. And it's really brought both the, those Bible stories to life. Um, oh, I love that. Because you get to see the conversations or what, you know, again, it's a dramatization. You get to see conversations between the disciples when Jesus wasn't there. And you get to see their their speculation of what's going on and their their concerns and, and even their doubts and disbeliefs at times and all these various things. And um, we uh, season four is in production. So we haven't gotten to the story of Jesus and the money changers. 
Okay. Right. But we have these examples, even in the Bible, of where Jesus cursed the fig tree, um, where, he gets, where he gets a righteous anger with the money changers and overturns. And I can't wait for season four because I can't wait to see that story, <laughs> you know, to see how they play that story out. Um, I'm going to have to check this out. It sounds it sounds really, really interesting. And, you know, when I think about when I think about the Bible, because I hadn't I wasn't raised with religion, so I didn't really know anything about the Bible other than the little bit you get from living within a, a Christian society. Other than and, I wasn't good enough, but I was already doomed to hell. So <laughs> that's what I learned. Well, I was pretty certain I was going to hell. There was no question about that. Although I don't believe in heaven and hell anymore, but that that journey uh, when I did have a spiritual awakening and started to discover the Bible, I found it very confusing. And then in 2011, I joined a UFBL center here in Toronto called Verity, and there the minister, marvelous New Thought minister, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he presented the Bible in a way that was so powerful. And I was able to now look at the Bible as a resource to understand the nature of humanity. Mm. Not that, you know, I don't have to believe that it was factual. I don't have to believe historically like this is history, <clears throat> but I can look at the stories and go, how does that fit in my life? You know, you think of Lot and Gomorrah, Lot uh, leaving Sodom and Gomorrah and, you know, being told don't look back because you'll turn into a pillar of salt. Well, anytime we're looking backwards, we are crystallized in the moment. We cannot create. Right. Because that doesn't exist. And yep. so we're stopped in our tracks. And when we look at Bible as more allegory and, and begin to go, how do I apply it today? It's phenomenal. It's rich. There's so much great information. We just have to look at it through different lenses, I think. But I love this idea of the chosen. I'm going to have to go check that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Uh, yes, I, I've never been a Bible guy myself. And again, found it confusing, found it self-righteous. I never actually took the time to read the book or to, to study. I was just going on what popular culture was portraying. What, yes. if you will, the media was telling me about this thing, and rather than doing the word of God, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, and folks, if anybody's wondering, uh, Rev B used a term in there, UFBL that stands for the Universal Foundation for Better Living. It's an, uh, a vital organization, new thought organization that's still alive and operating today. Uh, and it was started by Reverend Johnny Coleman. Uh, who, if you don't know Reverend Johnny, um, I hadn't known of her work really. I mean, I'd heard the name and uh, but didn't know of her legacy until a couple years back now when I was introduced. Um, the UFBL is still doing great work in the New Thought world and in the New Thought movement. Um, and Reverend Johnny Coleman brought us one of the greatest lines I've ever heard, and that is, it works if you work it. It works if you work it. Um, <laughs> I see a lot of people out there that understand this philosophy, but aren't working it. Uh, I, I see it in a lot of places. 
I think that's one of the, the great challenges that can befall any of us given, you know, distractions in our life that we will get distracted from our spiritual uh, nourishing of ourselves. And I, I think that's where we probably need the greatest correction is to ensure that we love ourselves enough to feed ourselves at the beginning of each day. And I, I remember listening to a podcaster who talked about spending three years as a, as a monk. And he said the first half of the day was spent in meditation, contemplation, whatever, that feeding the soul. And the second half of the day was in service to humanity. And I, I thought that that really is a beautiful way for us to, to exist. That if we take the time for meditation, for forgiveness work, oh man, need to do that sometimes. Um, journaling and, and even just spending time in silence, it really does empower us to get into our day with a greater sense of commitment and possibility for moving forward. And it helps get us out of the fear and back into that place of love or oneness. Yeah. So, important work. Yep. And you're hitting it, hitting all cylinders on that one, right? Gets us out of the fear. Yes. Because more than anything, that is what the 24 hour news cycle has done to the human psyche, not just America, not just Canada, not just, but the human psyche. And um, yeah. I, I always kind of, it's a, a little bit of a push pull, right? People say, oh, I don't pay attention to the news. And, and if we don't pay attention to the news, then we don't know what the politicians are trying to get away with. Um, <laughs> and if I don't pay attention to politics, then I give up my right to, to, to bitch about it. I, I give up my uh, right. Um, I never remember if it was Plato or Socrates, but it was one of those two guys that said to 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 ignore the news or to ignore the politi politics is to be ruled by lesser men. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wanna... yeah, that's yeah, and it's interesting because I don't watch the news, but I get the news. <laughs> That's the <laughs> distinction I wanted, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's like I know what's going on, and and I'm I'm quite a, a social activist. I, I got to admit that that I'm going to get in the trenches and do whatever needs to be done um, in the to better humanity in any way that I can. So I feel if something's in my purview, it's mine to do. And so I just say yes and do it. Even when we moved out of our house and we downsized huge, we sent truckloads of furniture, clothing, accessories, household items to an organization called Toronto People with AIDS Foundation. Mm -hmm. And we've had a lot of refugees come in and that stuff went to them, computers and <laughs> radios and whatever, all this stuff that we no longer needed that we weren't using and that we didn't have room for in our new house. And I said to my husband, I am not getting a storage locker. We are not storing this crap. We are getting rid of it. <laughs> and we did. And we were getting emails from people who were just over the moon because yeah. they were so grateful for what they were receiving. And I thought, you know, I feel blessed because 
I don't have all that extra clutter. <laughs> I don't need to pay a storage locker. But the biggest blessing is knowing that somebody's life is better, better. as a result of me getting rid of things. You know, it's like there's things we can do if we will just listen to that still small voice. We'll get an idea to do something and it might be uncomfortable. Yeah. But that's our growing edge. <laughs> Again, I love how spirit works uh, because I've got a garage full of stuff that uh, came out of the storage locker from the last house and the place we're in now, you know, the garage is full and, and my wife and I go back and forth and uh, on getting rid of this or getting rid of that. And, and I'm the guy that's like, yeah, but someday we're going to build an intentional community. <laughs> and we're going to need all this stuff and, and, and someday. And, and as we're chatting here, it comes to me that that is also part of the 24 hours news cycle because when Armageddon is only one storm away or when the end of the world is only one political decision away or um, the U S government, we're going to, the Republicans are going to shut down the government here uh, today or tomorrow or something. And, and somewhere along the line, I heard a story of uh, maybe it was Greece that ran without a central government for up to three years because they couldn't agree. And, and we make it out like life is going to end as we know it. If we stop operating a government. Interestingly enough, I don't think politicians lose their paycheck. I think they still get paid, even if, even if they're not going to work. But that's another show, folks. We'll cover that another week. Um, <laughs> they but, get paid well. <laughs> <laughs> that immediacy of doom and gloom leads us to holding on to everything, not being willing, to, not really trusting that. And I say, I say this all the time, everything necessary for the complete and total fulfillment of my life's mission comes to me as necessary. There you go. So, empty the garage. <laughs> so I got to empty the garage exactly <laughs> because the stuff that's in there isn't put to use. Obviously somebody could put it to use yes. and would yes. be very grateful to put it to use. And if and it, you can park in the garage. Oh my God. When the snow flies, you, you wouldn't have to scrape your car. Now hold on. We haven't been, we've been here almost a year. Let's not get ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Thank you. Oh, this turned it into a great conference. I knew it would. I knew this would be great. It always does. I'm going to get an email from Rev Z after he watches this one and be like, damn, I missed it. I wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, it, you know, the thing that excites me, um, even, you know, when I help out with the good news on Friday night, I, the idea of good news, like I'm looking forward to the day when that is offered seven days a week that on the New Thought Media Network, we have news, you know, five o'clock mountain time, every single day of the week, we have that half hour slot of, hey, everybody, come check this out. There are good things happening in our world. Let's put our focus 
there for a minute and let's look at the ways that we can uplift humanity rather than drag it down. And that's what's so great about this network. Yeah. We're making positive change. And, you know, it, it takes a while to grow it, but that's okay. We're patient. Yes. I, I want I want to hire you to, to head up our news division. Ah, done. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. I get it. And I want to say this. I'm going to say this publicly. I don't come to you with every project and every idea because I know you'll say yes to anything that I present. All right, not anything, but I know that the propensity is like, yeah, I'm in on that, and and you've got a community to support, and you've got a family that to support, and um, and we don't have the money to give you a paycheck just yet. However, we're changing that, folks. We're gonna get one percent of that Murdoch. Uh, that's oh, our yeah. that's our new goal. I just want one percent of what Fox News is paying in fines and penalties and judgments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll have a full on salary for you and we'll start a full on news division. I love it. I love it. And Lara's saying she's ready to park in the garage. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Go girl. (laughs) I'm on your side. (laughs) I knew she was watching. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's, you know, having these conversations and, and just getting real about life, you know, it's, it's messy and it's beautiful. And that's the human experience. We're not here to live in bliss. We're here to live. And living has opposites. That's how we experience. And I think getting okay with that and finding ways to just kind of celebrate our humanity and laugh at it sometimes because we're very funny uh, and just to be okay with what is. And if we don't like it, which there's a lot of things in the world right now that I don't like, I have my righteous anger about homelessness because it's there's no need for it. Give everybody a, a home to live in, we're good. The yeah. idea of people going hungry, no need of that at all. So, uh, and there's something you could check out uh, called the Mincom Project. Okay. It was something done in the 70s. Check that out and maybe we'll have a conversation about that one day. But it's... It's a very interesting thing that the federal and provincial governments did together. There was no poverty in Dauphin, Manitoba for a five-year period. Wow. And how they did that and how they prospered because of it. Yeah. This is going to be another conversation. We're not going to have time for it today. There is this, I keep seeing this new movement now towards a universal basic income. Yeah. Denver's doing it um, with the unhoused and providing a group of um, they were identified. They're in the middle of the project. We, we don't know how it's going to end or where it's going to go. Um, but I think there's a lot of new and in, or maybe not new, but innovative ways that we can address these social problems. So sounds to me like you've already invited yourself back onto the program, which means I don't have to do that. I love it when a guest comes up with great ideas for future programs so uh thank you for that we do want to give a couple of shout outs folks before we go 
Uh, it is Friday. We do have our normal everyday programming uh, that starts right after this. Be Your Own Hero with Sekou Rights is up in about five minutes. Morning prayers are at 8.15. Rev Melissa with the morning sip is at 8.30. Nine o'clock, we start some Spanish language programming with Spanish daily practices. And at 9.30, it's our Spanish prayer program as well. Uh, 11 o'clock is Practicing Infinite Possibilities with Lindsay Leinbach. Join or 10 a.m. Sorry, is uh, Practicing Infinite Possibilities with Lindsay Leinbach. Join us for that. The Joy Show is at 1 p.m. And uh, we dropped a hint about this one. The good news is at five. And I'm going to say it publicly again. I am so grateful for you, uh, uh, Reverend Barber, because when I do the I do the good news most often. Uh, and Barbara fills in when I either when I'm traveling or now on a regular basis, the first week of every month, uh, she covers the good news and brings that for, program forward. So I'm holding that vision with you uh, for five days a week, seven days a week, uh, having a new a, a, a good news program each and every day to remind us of what's uh, not just what's going, not just awfulizing, but uh <laughs> Maybe we can start talking about the good things that are going to happen weeks and days in advance. Wouldn't that be lovely? Friday, we're going to have a great uprising, folks, of love and joy. I love the idea. Hey, we do also have uh, the um, tonight at six is Reverend Michael with the Fireside Chat. Don't want to forget his program. Uh, also a great way to wrap up your Friday evening. Yes. So before we run out of here, any final thoughts you'd like to share? When we look after each other, everything gets looked after. Mm. We're all connected. We're all connected. Beautiful. I don't think there's anything more to say than that, folks. <laughs> say it again for it. When we all. When we look after each other, we're all looked after. Like everything looking. good that comes out of that. So we are one. Right. What I do to you, I've done to me. So. We need to really remember that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do good in the world. It'll it'll come back to you multiplied. There we go. All right, folks, we've got just enough time left to say thank you to our organizational sponsors and individual donors. So please don't rush off. Help us say thank you real quick. Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener. Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa. Satya Center. Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey. Unity of Savannah. And Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle. As well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring. Beautiful. 
And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.